first couple of minutes out of the road, and then by the time you're sitting down and actually listening, I'm into it. So we've been working through a series about the grey areas on faith. Over the last three weeks, we've looked at doubt, desire, and community. Uh, three of the things that I want to suggest we don't spend enough time thinking about and reflecting about, and three of the things that will make most of the, mo- the most difference to our faith. Um, talking about doubt and talking about desire and community are really significant things, and as, as a church family, we ought to spend time reflecting on them. Uh, and this week, uh, I wanted to try and uh, uh, meet two things together. I want to talk about joy. I want to talk about uh, one of the, the, the last thing, or the fourth thing, that I think is a, a bit of a gray area of faith. Um, because a lot of the time, uh, we know that we ought to feel joy. And, and we see uh, the realities of Scripture and, and the realities of Christ, but they seem so distant to us, right? And, and joy seems like one of those realities. It seems like I know logically what it is that I'm supposed to be experiencing, but it seems so far off. And I can't, I can't grab it and I can't know it here. I can just, I can know it out there. Um, so what I want to do is uh, I want to, I'm, I'm trying to uh, uh, tick a, not, not tick a few boxes, I'm trying to help us all to know and see joy today. And that includes the kids. So what we're going to start by doing this morning is uh, I can see that not many of your kids dressed up, so your parents are irresponsible and that's fine. But if you want to help me and you want to be a part of uh, a little Christmas play this morning. Would you like to come out if you're uh, if you're uh, maybe under maybe you're not a teenager yet? If you want to, just all the kids that want to be a part of the Christmas play this morning, if you want to come out real quick. Come on, come on. Thank you. All right, that's very good. So, come on out, everyone. So, what we're going to do this morning is I'll. Yeah, sure. We're going to start by sorting you guys all out. So, everyone that wants to be, if you guys, everyone that wants to be a shepherd, if you guys want to come over here and stand over this side, if you want to be a shepherd, and now, yeah, Evie, <laughs> Evie will come back when I say do you want to be something else. All right, everyone that wants to be, uh, everyone that wants to be uh, livestock, so a cow or a sheep or a goat, uh, if you can come over here beside the shepherds. All right, now everyone that wants to be an angel, if you can go over this side. Okay, and then we've got anyone that wants to be uh, Joseph, Mary, or Jesus. Um, You guys can stay in the... Perfect. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, you guys can come right in the middle here. We can have multiples, that's fine. All right. What, What are you? Mary, I forgot. Mary, of course. Uh... Did I say Mary? I did. I said Mary. All right. Now, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the story. Uh, we're actually going to read what um, Pastor Pete read this morning, and we're going to work through it, but I need you guys to bring the story to life to me, okay? Because uh, this is a really cool story today. All right? So we're going we're gonna to bring it to life. If you've got a Bible, you can open up to Luke 2 again, and I'm going to read it uh, to us. But you guys are going to do the best you can to bring the story to life, okay? So who are you guys? Gee, that's not very convincing. <laughs> Who are you guys? Angels. What is it? Wait, aren't all the angels supposed to be men? What? No, that's okay. Pastor Pete, you've really confused me. No, that's okay. And what are you guys? Shepherds, yeah. And you guys? I'm a sheep. Okay, all right. And then Joseph and Mary and Jesus is in the middle. 
All right, let me, uh, let me start reading the story, and you guys are going to bring it to life for me. I'll stand over to the side here. These are our, these are our characters, ladies and gentlemen, introducing the Christmas play. Give it up for these guys. And in the same region, from verse 8, there were shepherds out in the field, Keeping watch, keeping watch over their flock by night. Watching. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Run over, angels. Run over. And they were filled with great fear. You don't sound very scared. And the angel said to them, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you. Suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. <laughs> so monotonous. Give me, some, give me some diversity. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. <laughs> with, whom, with whom he is pleased. <laughs> when the angels went away from them into heaven, fly away, fly away, fly away. The shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph, sir, Mary and Joseph's. Wow. Oh, and there's a baby over there. Your jo- oh, here's Joseph. And here's, here's Joseph. And, and, the, and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made the saying that, sorry. And, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things in her heart, pondering them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Shepherds return, glorifying God. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. You guys can grab a seat. You can sit right at the front here or you can go back to your families if you like. I bring you good news. Most of us uh, start out expecting... uh, You can grab a seat right here if you want, bud. Sit up the front. Okay, you can sit there. That's fine. Uh, uh, This is our church family, right? Uh, Most of us start out expecting that you're supposed to be happy in life, don't you? If you you think about the trajectory of life, most of us expect that um, you're supposed to be happy. 
But we end up thinking otherwise, don't we? They're okay. You just hang out. It's okay. You guys can sit at the front when your legs get sore. Otherwise, um, you can have the back. But the, the, point is that the, the point is that we start out with these great hopes in our mind, but we end up disappointed, don't we? We end up thinking that, well, I'm okay, right? In some sense, if you've lived long enough, you end up with the disposition of mediocre, right? Unless something radical happens, well, it's, it's okay, right? You, you, you look at the young and you look at the youth and you see passion and you see hope and you see dreams, right? And you see these really grand pictures and then it's, you sort of just land and life's okay and things are all right. And even then, even the best news that we hear, even the best news fades, doesn't it? The lottery? Well, most people waste it all. Marriage? Well, there's a 50% fail rate. Job promotion? Well, it's only a matter of time before someone younger and more talented comes up ranks, right? Right? Like it, like it seems like even the greatest news that we hear a lot of our time, it just fades. And it doesn't really last. Ask, ask the people who have achieved, sorry, ask the people who have achieved the most in life. More money, more problems. Right? If you know the song, and you'll, you'll recognize that, uh, uh, the more success and, and power and money that people experience, often the more temptation to be cynical and guarded. Right? For all of our modern advances and all of our technology, are we happier than those that have come before us? Yeah, yes, yes, we are healthier. Yes, we are more comfortable, but are we happier? Unlikely, right? It would be, it would be hard to make the case that uh, for us today, we are happier than, than those that have gone before us. It would be really hard to make that case. It would be a lot easier to make the case that those before us, centuries ago, were actually happier than us. Do you see in history the kind of boredom and self-pity and despair that we see today, I don't think you quite see the same picture. I think that for all of our advancements, we're just as, if not more, unhappy than ever. And into this cynicism and into this doubt and conflict and brokenness and tears and troubles and weariness comes good news. I bring you good news. I'm, and we're just not that sure how to respond. Hey, I've got good news for you all. This morning, I've got great news for you all. We're having another baby. <laughs> You're like, Matt, uh, she's like six months pregnant, man. Like, what's, like, we knew that, all right? And it's like, cool, seven, seven months? Come on. Uh, I knew that. Uh, and right, and what, what do we do? We go, oh, congratulations, that's great. Let's, uh, let's have a baby shower and let's play some games and let's dress up and, uh, and, and give gifts and stuff. That's great. Um, or, or let me give you another scenario. Hey, I've got some good news. I've got this sale at work, right? You might tell your wife that or, or your spouse or a friend that. Hey, I've got this job promotion or I've got this sale that I was chasing. And they, when they might say, that's great. Let's go out for dinner and let's celebrate and let's have a delicious meal, right? Like, they respond, and that's really nice. And let, let me give you another scenario. I've got good news. The surgery went really well. 
And someone might say, wow, congratulations on the lipo. Let's go get some cake, right? Let's have some coffee and let's get some cake and let's celebrate, right? And people will respond to good news. Or I might say, all right, it's time to go sit down there, you two. All right, you're getting a bit too restless. Okay, run as fast as you can. Show me those catboy legs. Or I might say, hey, I've got good news. The God of the universe put on human flesh. He was born as a baby in order to redeem humanity from damning sin and eternal death. Right? And you might respond, you might say, ah, brunch or like an afternoon thing. Right? And it's like, oh, I've still got to do my shopping and stuff. Or it's like, oh, I only really get public holidays this year. It's like, oh, I want to be fresh for the Boxing Day sales, so uh, can we keep it short? Like, you, you get it? Right? We, what? This is, this is good news, right? Like, this is really good news, like, like nothing that we've ever known before. But we just don't see it, do we? We just don't see it. It's like December 23rd, and in, in two days, uh, the modern church celebrates God becoming a human. And that's incredible. That's the, the best, one of the best things that you have ever heard. Take everything else in the category of good, like the, the best news that you've ever heard, take everything else, the best food you've ever tasted, the best friend you've ever had, and put it in the category of average or okay. If that's going to help you, just take everything else out of the category of good. Because we might be robbing this good news a little bit. What's the word there? I bring you good news. What's the word there? Well, that's euangelion or euangelizo, right? Good news. Gospel. That's the word for gospel. I bring you the gospel. That's what this angel is saying. What is it? It's the gospel of great joy. So what's the gospel of great joy? What's the gospel of great joy that this passage is talking about? Well, we just read on a little further and he clarifies quite quickly, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. A Savior is born today, Christ the Lord. Someone has come to save you. Now, now a, part of the, a part of us... We, we read this and we look at this and we know the glory of this. If you are in Christ, you know the glory of this. A part of us goes, that's so good. But a part of us just doesn't seem to respond sometimes. We've tasted joy, but it just seems so elusive and so momentary. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. What, what is it about this that we miss? What, what do we miss here? I, I, I want to suggest today that one of the things that uh, uh, prevents us from missing this is the abundance of joys already in front of us. We miss the Savior for the, for the abundance of saviors that are already in front of us. We don't think we need saving because we are already so saved, aren't we? We are so very saved. Our comforts save us, don't they? They save us from eating average food. They save us from inefficiency. They save us from sweating, right? My air conditioning saves me to some degree. Now you go, Matt, that's ridiculous. 
But does it, does it save me? Well, yeah, it does. It saves me from sweating and from getting distracted and from getting restless because I'm hot. And in some really small way, it saves me. And I look to it. Our technology saves us. It saves us from having to walk or do anything physical just about. It saves us from long hours. It makes incredible, uh, incredibly hard jobs incredibly easy. Our relationships save us from loneliness, from insecurity, from insanity. Our money saves us from starvation. Our homes save us from weather, from prying eyes. Our self-esteem saves us from ourselves. Or at least we think they do. Until they fail us. Someone spills a full bowl of sticky date pudding down the rear cushion of your brand new leather couch and then while cleaning it up they accidentally tip a full jar of golden syrup as well that's a joke that would never happen <laughs> come on <laughs> seriously <laughs> you, you, you know your phone runs flat in the middle of city traffic and you don't know where you're going and you're mid phone call trying to sell like a portable phone battery charger or something you know to it like a new corporate client there's millions on the line you see the irony don't worry about it. All right, that's fine. You know, whatever. Life happens. You know, you lose your job, you get robbed, your house burns down, a friend abandons you, your family falls apart, and then you're sitting on the couch one evening and you realize that you don't even believe your own self-talk anymore. All right? Now, it's a little bit humorous, but this is real life. We look to these things to save us until they, they don't, until they fail us. And these aren't bad things, right? Our, our comfort and our technology and our relationships aren't bad things. Our home isn't a bad thing at all. It's just that it's unnatural. We weren't made to live like that. We weren't made to look externally for things to be our saviour. Let me give you a picture here. Looking uh, to those things to save us is like a tree that spends its life Trying, trying to grow its branches without thinking about its roots. Right? You're spending all this time trying to grow your branches and you're looking out here thinking that this is the way that life works, that this is the way that will lead to my flourishing. And you're not even considering your roots. And you're looking at the seasons with fear and anxiety and anger and wondering why life is happening like this and you'll blow over at the hint of a breeze. You were made for your roots to go down into the soil, to be in relationship with God. And the only way that that could happen was if someone came and paid your debt and reconciled you to Him. Right? That's the way that we were made to live. We were made for our roots to go down into the soil, right? For our hearts to be connected to God, the one who made us. And the only way that that could happen was for someone to come in and reconcile us. So one of the greatest things that we will ever know and one of the greatest things that will ever happen to you is that God became a man. Right? Like that's, that's the reality this morning. That is one of the biggest realities for you. You want to hear the good news of great joy? You don't have to live blind anymore. You don't have to live in darkness anymore. You don't have to be a slave anymore. You don't have to live in brokenness anymore. A Savior has come. The Savior has come for you. And that is a great, joyful thing. 
What is stopping you from knowing that more deeply? Examine your heart. Ask God to test you. Ask Him to expose the things that you're looking to. Ask Him to remove them. Yes, His gifts are good, but how good is the giver? A tree that, that only looks to its environment will, will perish, won't it? It'll perish. It'll, it'll starve and it'll die. But a tree that looks down and, and sends its roots down deeply will flourish. If you don't feel that joyful, there's a good chance that, that part of the reason for that is that your roots are reaching for the wrong thing. Right? Your roots are all twisted. They're growing up towards the soil and they're looking to the wrong thing to nourish them. And we've got a tendency to do that, don't we? We've got a, we've got a tendency to reach for the things above us. And we weren't designed to live like that. We were designed to live with our roots reaching down into Christ, trusting that no matter what happens out here, rain or hail or storm or shine, no matter what happens... God will be true to His promises. I can trust Him. He cares for me. He loves me. He sent me Jesus. He sent His Son, a baby, to rescue me and to ransom me, to, to ransom me back eternally. Want to, know, um, want to know true, lasting joy? Throw off the, the enslavery of temporary things. Kids, your, your presents aren't going to save you. They're not going to save you this year. They're going to let you down. Eventually, they are going to wear out and they're going to break and then they're going to disappoint you. All right? Santa's not going to save you because he's largely a lie. All right? You got, your parents can have that conversation later, right? But, but <laughs> kids, your presents... They are good, but they are not going to save you and they're going to eventually disappoint you. And parents, your kids are going to disappoint you too. Your kids aren't going to save you. They'll let you down. The holidays, it's not going to save you. They'll be over before you know it. It's a couple of weeks and it's great, but it's not going to save you. All right, the festivities, it's not going to do it, is it? There isn't a present that someone could buy you that's ultimately going to rescue you. Your family, it's not going to do it. All right? Life's going to roll on. May your feasting and may your laughter and may your gifts that you give be the fruit of deep joy in Christ coming, not the source, right? Yes, let us feast and let us laugh and let us celebrate and let us be generous with each other but let that be the fruit of something that's happened inside of us right let that be the fruit of us tasting true joy in christ not the source okay if our feasting is the source then we're going to be let down if our presence of the source then we're going to be let down but if our if our feasting and our giving and our relaxing and our resting is the fruit of joy in christ and drinking deeply of him then what a good time it's going to be. What a beautiful time it's going to be. The point is this, that Christmas is a time for remembering the thing, the person 
that you so deeply long for came. So rejoice. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. Joy is contagious, isn't it? Joy spreads. It travels. That was always God's intention. I have a message of salvation and it's huge. I am throwing the door open. Here it is, everyone. This is it. This is for everyone. Salvation is here. The king is born like a baby. And my plan is for everyone. All right? Matthew 28. What does Jesus say when he's finished his work on earth? He says, go and make disciples of all nations. All right? This is going beyond you. Israel, this is going beyond God's, God's select people now, and this is for everyone. And what do we see at the end of time in Revelation? We see, and I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So be commissioned, be commissioned, hear me commissioning you. The Christmas message is for everyone. It is not just for you. Your joy is for everyone. Your joy is for the world. The joy to the world. The Savior reigns. So be commissioned to spread the joy of Christ. Receive it, be renewed in it, remember it, treasure it, take it into your heart and spread it. It's for the world. So to reflect, what false joys do you need to renounce? What are you clinging to? You, you won't know deeply the joy of Christ until you know the despair of your life without Him. And all of the, all of the uh, uh, things that you look to to save you are deceiving you into thinking that you don't really, truly need Him. So what do you need to renounce? What, what are the things that you're looking to to save you that are robbing you of Christmas? And then what would it look like for you to treasure the joy of Christ more deeply? What would it look like for your family? What would Christmas Day look like? What songs would you sing? What would you read? How would you share that joy together? What would the giving of presents look like? What would your house look like, right? Think about it. Think about what's actually happening here. What would it look like for you to treasure the joy of Christ more deeply this week? And lastly, who can you spread joy to? Who can you spread the message of joy, of great joy this Christmas? Think about those. What happens next in the story? Well, Well, the angels appear, a multitude, of, a multitude of angels appear and they break into singing. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The, the, the beautiful picture here, right? The resolving picture is men rejoicing, right? Uh, men or humanity rejoicing in, uh, in Christ coming. Men and women rejoicing in a Savior coming. What does it lead to? God being glorified in the highest. And this is a classic, uh, this is uh, the ministry of desiring God, right? God is glorified 
when you're joyful, when you are joyful and when you are renewed in Him as you taste of Him, God, God just, he just looks great, doesn't He? He's made to look more great. He's glorified when His people are happy in Him. So let that be us this Christmas. Let us joyfully enjoy Christ and celebrate Him and feast and give glory to God in doing so. Let me finish with a poem. I, uh, you may remember this. I read this last year. I think it is a beautiful recentering for us. If you remember it, feel free to read out loud along with me. Just kidding. That's a joke. Come on. <laughs> it's a test. Let's see. In this smelly place he lay, smelly like the swine, smelly like the rotting hay, like your sin and mine. Do you see how low he lay? Do you see how low? There is lower yet to go, lower yet to go. He is lying where they eat, lying where the swine, lying like a piece of meat, where the hungry dine. Do you see the flow complete? Do you see the flow? There is greater love to show, greater love to show. Such a happy toddler there, happy like the birds, happy like the morning air, filled with happy words. Does he see or know or care? Does he see or know? Oh, how deep will be his woe. Deep will be his woe. Knowing God was born like this, knowing this is he, knowing somehow this is bliss for the swine and me, is this love's full glow and kiss? Is this love's full glow? There are deeper things to know, deeper things to know. Mary musing every year, musing on her son, musing with a rising fear. Who will be the one? Who will strike the blow and spear? Who will strike the blow? Does she know that blood must flow? Know that blood must flow. Jesus hanging on the tree, hanging like the meat, hanging there for swine like me gives his flesh to eat. Here is life brought low and free. Here is life brought low. Oh, how vast the debt I owe, vast the debt I owe. You want to stand with me and I'll pray for us and we're going to finish together by singing. Jesus, would we know deeply, would we know so deeply in our hearts the despair of life without you? As we reflect now and and this week, Would you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, expose the areas in our life where we are looking to other saviors, where Christmas to us just feels like another year? It's just a couple of days off and some awkward time with family and some frustrations and a bit of conflict and some presents that I don't really want. Jesus, would we taste the joy of Christmas? Would you expose sin and and the shame in our life that we're looking to other things to, to save us, to be our joy? And would you yourself come to us just like you already have? Would you come to us and would you minister the truth of Christmas? Would you minister the truth of a baby boy lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths? Would that be glorious to us again? Would that be 
a glorious, glorious reality. As we spend our Christmas day together with our families, would that be the thing that we meditate on? Would that be glorious to us? This humble baby sitting in a manger, the creator of the world, in flesh, one of us, would we taste and see how good that is? Would you restore to us, God, true joy? Amen. Let's, uh, let's sing together and let's rejoice in Christ our Savior. Join all the earth in his praise. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. 
Let us uh, give thanks to Christ this Christmas. Rejoice, feast and celebrate. Give thanks for a baby boy that's come to us. Treasure it. Be blessed. 